All right. Alongside Bernie Neighbors, I'm Jeff McCarriger. Welcome into another edition of Borderline, episode five, Bernie. Can you believe Already? that? Five, five episodes. Yeah. That's insane. Uh, thanks by, by the way, by the way, can we possibly get Madonna's Borderline to be our opening credit song? I know. I thought about that the other day because I was driving in the car listening to 80s on 8 and that popped up again. <laughs> I just laughed. I just laughed. I was thinking about you. Yeah, we, we for sure need to get that. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that's a cheap one to get. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Ryan McGee of uh, ESPN for hopping on with us last week. That was a lot of fun to talk to him, and you know, it was great. I mean, it was great to just kind of get his thoughts on on you know the sports on a national level. Yeah, and kind right? of get his awesome you know, you know thoughts about everything and how it fits in the national landscape. And it was really good. Really good to talk to him. He's such a cool guy. I mean, literally, we probably yeah. could have talked to Ryan for what five hours. And not, yeah. I mean, I mean, seriously, we could have talked to him for hour upon hour upon hour. I mean, that what we talked to him for 30 minutes and it went by like a blink of an eye. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, no, he was great. He was great. And it's good to have those guys on who are close to the game, too. And yeah, and the performance that he and Marty put on at uh, the World Championships, that was fun. So but uh, yeah, so thanks for tuning in this week. We'll visit with Ryan Smith, finished uh, top 20 in the world in the pro rankings and uh uh, Ryan, obviously an up and down last couple of years. So we'll talk to him about that. Um, obviously as many of you know, a lot of people don't know you. That's one of the things too, Bernie, that, that, uh, I think we need to be careful with is that there are so many people like, like for you and me and Stacy and Trey and Mike and, and Josh, I mean, er everyone, you know, who's around the sport, all the players, sometimes, you know, we have to remember that while it seems like we've told these stories a lot and maybe we've heard these stories a lot, right. like, I had a couple of friends of mine who asked me, uh, you know, who, who saw the show last week and, and loved it and said, who are you going to have on this week? I mean, they loved, you know, Jay Rubin's story and then thought that Ryan was a lot of fun and then want to know who we we're going to have on this week. And, you know, when I tell him that he's a former defensive back in college, you know, that might sound like an old story to to you and me and Trey and others, but they they think that's totally cool. They're like, wow, really? You played defensive back? Do you want him a guy? So, can, you know, some, yeah. some of these stories we need to tell just to try and, and, you know, spread the stories and spread the knowledge of these players to a, to a much larger audience. No, I think it's an awesome point. And, you know, I, I can't wait to talk to Ryan. You know, James Madison's moving up next year. Yeah. They're going up to big boy football. I can't wait to get his uh, input on that, see what he thinks about that. See if he misses, see if, he, if he's upset that he missed out on that. Yeah, no, me too. By the way, uh, if the set looks a little bit di well, set, not like we set. have a formal set anyway, <laughs> yeah. but if it looks different, uh, Bernie, you're at the HQ. I'm in Myrtle Beach. I've got football and basketball this week, so uh, busy time of year. So I'm coming to you from the hotel room, and, uh, which is great about technology, right? Hopefully it works. Yeah. How, how are things um, going at Myrtle Beach you, this week? Uh, good. I mean, at Coastal, it's, it's, uh, it's a little um, uh, of, of a downer last weekend. Yeah. I don't want to bore people with Coastal football stories but <laughs> but but Grayson McCall who many people do know freshman all-american last year mm -hmm. and uh, preseason national all-american this year is hurt so unfortunately they had a great crowd last Saturday it was sunny and 70 I mean it was absolutely perfect it was homecoming they were honoring a lot of former players guys who are in the NFL and uh and they lost 42 to 40 they tried to go for two to tie at the end and didn't get it but Grayson McCall's hurt so but uh so it's a little, a little tough right now and basketball will We'll see. But uh, yeah, I'll get a heavy dose of Coastal Carolina. And, you know, I was looking at, I'm actually going to be in Myrtle Beach between our cornhole stuff here mm -hmm. and Coastal. I'm going to be in Myrtle Beach like 44 nights this year. Really? Yeah. It's like, like that's, that, that, might, that has to get you something, right? To be in Myrtle Beach 44 nights within a year. It has guess. to give you like some sort of credit somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. 
do you get, do you get credits Grand, ever? Grandstand credit. Yeah, for being here. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, all right, so you're so you're at the uh, you're at the HQ. How's everything up there? Everything's good, actually. Uh, fearless leader, the commish, Stacy Moore is sitting right in front of me. Ah, no pressure. Why, why, yeah, why we do this show? I'm staring right at him right now. Yeah, he's just uh, he's middle fingering you. I don't know what that's about. Yes, <laughs> I'm used to it. You guys do that to us all the time when Trey and I are recording our opens. Yeah, this, this is I just, try. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are doing everything you can behind the scenes to try and get us to screw up. So I, 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 I'm used to it. Now you're going to taste your own medicine. I know it's it's coming at me hard and fast. No, what uh, I'm up here. I haven't been able to show my face for a couple of weeks. Need to need to get up here more. So I'm kind of happy to be in Charlotte. I'll be back or Rock Hill. I'll be back next week as well. So it's nice to get up in the HQ, see what's going on. I mean, things are so different here now. I mean, I walk in today in the afternoon and they've got a business group here for a rental. You know, it's just so different. You know, it's not like a regular, like, as a matter of fact, the table I'm using right now doubles as a ping pong table. I love this place. Yeah. For those who don't know, again, for those maybe outside the sport, uh, the American Cornhole League just invested in a piece of property. Uh, Bernie, I, don't, I can't remember the timeline. Maybe a year ago now? Or? It's been going on two years. I mean, two I guess already? we finally moved in. When did we move in the HQ? Six months? About six months ago was when we finally moved in, but it's been yeah. it, it had been in the it had been in the plans for quite some time. Yeah. So so for those who don't know, it's in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and it's actually near the Carolina Panthers training facility or where their new facility is going to be. Because well, I know the Panthers that, are moving uh, a lot of actually, stuff further south. Yeah, where they where the boards are being made, the manufacturing facility will be next door neighbors with that facility. Oh wow. Okay. So we're kind of over in the Rock Hill Sports and Convention Center or Sports and Event Center. Right. And so Which it's a brand beautiful. new facility, a couple years old here in Rock Hill. It is gorgeous. The HQ, the location, if you ever get a chance and you're in the Rock Hill area, you have to stop by and see it. It's a cornhole mecca. You have to make a stop. I've actually met a couple of people who have stopped by just to have their picture taken uh, by the sign. No, I mean, it, it's if you like, love cornhole, you have to come here. I mean, honestly, right. it's, it's you know, you, you walk in and it's, just it's just it's just you know the light starts shining it's it's just cornhole mecca i know it is it is it is awesome and and um the other thing too is that people don't realize you guys have done an amazing job on the inside like you can come in it's like full bar right tvs drinks yeah whatever you could uh i don't know about full bar yet i think it's a kind of beer and wine ish that's full bar for most of us right yeah full full bar you know (laughs) there there is alcohol present put it that way yeah. So yeah, it's uh, TVs going. You know, the sporting events of the day are on. Like I said, you had a we had a, a business rental that was in here for a little team building. It's just a it's a it's the perfect place for cornhole. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, awesome place. Um, all right, so again, Ryan Smith will be coming up uh, here in a few minutes. Hey, by the way, just real quick, I thought it was super cool. Um, SWAT cornhole. If anyone is listening out there and you want a really cool follow on Instagram. Follow SWAT Cornhole. We had David Lim on as our first. Well, Stacy was our first guest. Yeah. Second second guest was was David Lim, who's the co-star with Shamar Moore um, on on SWAT, uh, the CBS uh, drama series. So so again, for those who maybe didn't see it, he and Shamar actually play on a Thursday night league with a couple other guys from the SWAT um, uh, staff, and yeah. uh, so and, and apparently they're pretty good, and so they actually mentioned us. In their, what? In, yeah, in their most recent uh, Instagram post, because they took second place, David and Shamar. Oh did wow! Their league, yeah. So we got yeah. we got some props. Actually, you know, it's funny. Did you check out Twitter 
after we had David on and he posted it on Twitter, the different uh, types of people that were responding, you know, it wasn't just the cornhole world all of a sudden. It was all bit. these all these women that were in love with David Lim just kind of, oh, kind yeah. of responding about it. Yeah, it was hysterical. <laughs> you were yeah. so great, David. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, but they're actually good. I mean, if you watch the video, uh, I mean, you can see, I mean, they they actually, they got a little spin on their bags, a little flat bag sure. actually going. I mean, David, David is actually, I would say, technically very good. Um, I mean, David, so, I mean it, was, it was pretty impressive to watch. Yeah, those guys. I mean, you know, we did when I looked through his background, a heck of an athlete at, a, at an athletic at an athletic powerhouse in Northern California. So, yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, no. So now, now I'm getting a little nervous because the Super Bowl obviously is out in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I don't know if we still have plans of doing Super Bowl out there or not. But if we go out there and hook up with these guys, and they they legit want us to come and play with them, like. I got some like serious practicing to do. Maybe well, well, some lessons he, he, here's what's going to happen. I'm not playing. <laughs> Absolutely not. Hey, I, 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 mean, I will sit there. Yeah, I, I'm awful. I'm li- I used to be decent, and I've gotten progressively worse to the point that I would say, outside of people eight years and younger, I'm the worst player on the planet. That's, I didn't that's realize where that. that's where I, I'm at right now. I was going to say I didn't. I didn't think that. Uh, I didn't think I'd ever seen you play. Yeah, we used to. I, mean, I used to play a little bit. I just, I have, I have zero control of the bag the way I'd like. So it's, it's more frustrating than fun for me. That's why I don't really play anymore. Especially, yeah, well, especially considering the talent that we're around all the time with the game, right? That's that is difficult. You know, so it's you know you start comparing yourself, keeping up with the Joneses, so to speak, and it's like, wow, I don't, I don't even belong in the same room as right. these folks. Well, I, I'm in an awkward situation right now because I'm trying so many different things to see what feels most comfortable. I'm trying, I, I've tried stepping, but I don't, I'll, while that feels comfortable, I'm not sure that works best for me. Right. Um, and, and I feel like, I feel like when I'm stationary, I just feel like mentally I'm closer to the board. I feel like, I feel like when I step, I mean, I'm like Rosie Streaker. Like I, I have to step way back. So I'll, I'll take a pretty right. big stride. And so when I throw it, I don't know. I just, I just feel like mentally when I, when I stride, I feel like I'm so much further from the board. But when yeah. I stand, when I stand up on the line, you know, near, near the edge, um, I feel like I'm closer, you know, by the time I reach, but I'm trying to figure out what feels better, whether right foot forward, left foot forward. It's just, I've tried so many different things and it just feels awkward. Like, I feel like I'm at the point where I just need to like pick something yeah, and just try and go with it. Two things. Don't you feel like athletically the step makes more sense? Don't you feel like you're doing a more athletic move when you take a yeah. step? Yeah, for sure. But B, every sport should be picked up by young kids. Because as an adult, when you try to pick it up, you've got all these thoughts, right? There's all these things going on in your head, which make it super hard to concentrate on just throwing the bag, yeah. right? It's like, oh, I got to spin it this way. I got to do this. My step has to be right. Am I standing right? Did I take my arm back far? You know, like all these thoughts where kids are like, totally. bag, hole, right? It's very simplified. Yeah. No. So every, every sport should be picked up by kids. So all you parents out there, whatever sport your kids like, put them in early, early. They'll have zero fear of the games. Although I'm not sure it really matters. I mean, even for the kids, while it's, yes, just pick up bag, throw bag, right. they're going to get older too, right? I mean, they're going to have the same mental challenges that we have because you're right. I mean, for me, that's that that's part of it. I mean, physically, I'm fully capable, obviously, of throwing the bag to the other end. Right. But yeah, I start I start worrying about should I be stepping, should I not be stepping? Do I do I do I cock my wrist? Do I not cock my wrist? Yep. You know, I'm trying to finish with a flat hand. You know, I see Anthony talk about that all the time. I'm thinking about that, thinking about the spin, thinking about the trajectory. I hit the damn ceiling. You know, right. all this, all this <laughs> shit goes through my head, and I'm yeah. like, I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah, I. That's just it. I'm so bad. Like I'm thinking about, all right, where's my landing point on the board? Right. Yes. Yeah. 
you know, all these, all these things instead of put bag in hole should be the yeah. only thought, but yeah, just, I make it way too complicated. I know. And then yeah, I get I all frustrated, you know, start getting mad and then get way too upset about a game where I'm not competitive. So why should I be mad? Yeah. Which is yeah. Th- th- there was uh, there was a time recently where I was playing and uh, I don't know, for some reason I was just, I was just short. Like every single bag was short. And then, and then the last one that I threw, it uh, hit the ceiling, landed like ten feet short of the of the board, and I literally kicked it up against the garage door. I, I, I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. Yeah. All right, all right. We've got uh, we got Ryan Smith sitting in the green room here, so let's bring him on with us. Nice. And again, welcome this week's guest to uh, Borderline, Ryan Smith. There he is. What's going on, guys? How y'all doing? <laughs> What's happening? Good, man. Thanks so much for thanks for joining us. Oh, no problem at all. We got a lot to talk about. You know, Ryan, we've uh, we've been talking about the first few weeks. I mean, this is such a great format because I feel like there's been so many times that I've gotten a chance to talk to you before broadcast. And, you know, I, I get little hits on on your career and how you're playing and what you're thinking about. And obviously we talked about your football past, but we never really get a chance to dive in and and really spend time together so now we finally got 20 or 30 minutes here to who, talk to who you. is ryan smith <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah but uh no thanks thanks so much for joining us and and uh, bernie i don't know if you were able to hear much of what we were talking about but bernie and i were talking about you know the mental aspect of the game because i, I really am trying hard i'm actually trying to find time to practice and see if i can play because i feel like an idiot because i talk about it all the time but i play like shit so i'm like i'm like i've got to figure out how to play <laughs> This game. So, and I, I'm starting to get, I'm starting to get the hang of it a little bit, but, but for me, it's a total mental challenge. And I, and I know for you, you and I talked about that a little bit. And I tell you what, one of my favorite really memories of this entire season was not even, well, I guess it was an event that you ended up winning because it was in Atlanta, but we had you mic'd. Yeah. And, and I could, I could actually hear your self talk. Like I could hear you talking to yourself, doing the math, saying, okay, that's okay. That's okay. You're like calming yourself down. Telling him, you know, I, I think I don't know if you were playing, maybe you're playing against Noah, but you're like, okay, let him, let him have it, let him have it. I could hear that self talk. I mean, how how difficult is the mental side of the game? I mean, for you especially, someone who's so physically strong, how difficult is that mental side of the game for you? Um, it definitely plays a toll for some. I mean, a lot of the younger guys, they it doesn't even register to them yet. They're just slinging bags, mm-hmm. but it when you get under those lights, I mean it. At first, I, I used to think I wasn't nervous or tense. I don't know what it was, but I just kept not performing as well, you know, on the broadcast. So, you know, I switched some things up. And then, yeah, I started at the Atlanta shootout. I started, you know, talking to myself and just like, come on, you got this. And just guiding, sort of guiding myself through this. Like, you, you do this in practice all the time. Come on, do this. So it it helped me through. I mean, that it definitely plays a, a, a big role in it and, um it's definitely something that uh, I recommend people trying. If you're like trying to get over that hurdle, you just find yourself choking when you get to events or bigger events or around certain competition and things like that. I got a couple questions for you, Ryan. I'm Mr. Tangent. You know that. So I'm going to go in a different direction here. First off, first is a quick one. Are you upset that you missed out on James Madison moving up? into technical D1 college football since you played in the uh, championship series when you were there. 
Next year, they will be in the big time. James Madison yes. moving up. Are you, are, are you upset you missed out on that? <laughs> I'm a bit jealous. I mean, I'm happy for the move. <laughs> I, I saw it. I mean, I, I saw it in the works. I saw it coming, you know, with yeah. that. Because the stadium expansion started my uh, last few years there. So I know it was on the horizon and things. So I'm a bit jealous, but happy at the same time. All right. My second question. <clears throat> Trey and I last night went over the team format that's coming up that's going to make a huge splash this season. You, my friend, have the number one pick. Are you going to are you going to share any ideas? Any way you're leaning? Come on. Are you going to so give me love on that? So many huh? messages of everyone asking me this. <laughs> are you now Honestly, the most popular person in Cornhole since you've got the number one pick? <laughs> Honestly. I haven't even looked at it yet. I'm more focused <laughs> on the, uh, the the open coming up and, right. and tackling doubles with Eric for the first time this season and then singles. After I get back from that, I'll look into it. But, I mean, first glance, I mean, it's hard not to look at Matt. I mean. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, let me yeah. see. Let me, let me see who I can think about. There's this guy. Oh, yeah, Matt Guy. He's really good this year. I mean, I played him in the winner's final in Ohio. And I threw a 10 to 9 and lost 21 to 3. Like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> like, like the dude is just like, I mean, I mean, it's obviously more goes in it because it's doubles and not singles. So I'll have right. to look at stuff and figure out all that out. But I mean, just first glance, I mean, it's hard to bypass Matt. So <laughs> I saw some of, I've seen some of his numbers early on. And it's funny because one of the first things that Trey told me when I first jumped into the sport was he told me the old saying, tens don't win. And after yeah. seeing some of the numbers that Matt guy was putting up, apparently 11s don't win either. <laughs> it's yeah, crazy. It's, it's crazy to think that you can throw that well and still lose a game. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. So, um, yeah, that's that on the on the teams. <laughs> All right, so full disclosure, you were talking about some of the things that make a difference to you. And I remember running into you in Valley Forge, and I hope you don't mind talking about this, but another, I don't want to say change that you made because it's, it's, it was just <laughs> something that you tried, but but I didn't realize that you never, obviously drinking is a big, big part of the sport, and, uh -huh. and, uh, and I love that. And uh, people ask me all the time, are the players really drinking while they're playing? I'm like, yeah, a lot of them, a lot of them do. And, and you are right now. Um, I'm just well, no, this is this is just uh, some uh, ginger beer. I actually got to go on a run after this, so no, nice. But 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 honestly, I mean, you know, they, they ask me all the time, did the players actually drink? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they really drink. Now, for you, I remember you told me I don't think you ever drank, right? But then all of a sudden, there were a couple of uh, there were a couple of events. I think you started at Valley Forge. We had a couple of beers. And and you won, and all of a sudden you, after I, I saw you afterwards, and you're you're like I might be onto something. I don't know. So yeah, so usually I'm like uh, off broadcast. I usually don't drink much. Uh, I might have a beer or two here and there, but usually I'm just trying to get get to the finals of the bracket and get to that stage, you know. And I kept I kept getting there prior to. Uh, Prior to Valley Forge, I kept getting there and just falling, falling short. So I was like, "All right, I gotta, I gotta do something." Now. I'm a bit tense or whatever, so I started cracking some open up at Valley Forge and got a bit loose. And I felt good. It felt like I was back home throwing. So yeah, started rolling with it since then. Well, Ryan, Ryan, you know, we just talked about Matt. Would you? Are there any players? And I don't think fear is the right word here. Are there any players when you're when you're you know in a tournament? 
that you mark down in your bracket, like, I really hope I don't have to face that first. Like, I'm hoping somehow I can kind of get by without having, I mean, obviously, if you're going to get to the broadcast, if you're going to get to a certain level, you're going to have to be the big names anyway. But are there certain names that you would just rather not play in a tournament just because of how good they are? I mean, honestly, Bernie, maybe you asked me that same question three or four years ago. <clears throat> I would say, yeah. yes, there are. Now, honestly, when you guys do the bracket reveals and things like that, I look yeah. at who I play first and I try not to even look at the rest of the bracket because it doesn't matter. Honestly, I just. What a good answer. Look at that guy. That is that is a great answer. Right I just, I mean, I'm not trying to sound cocky or anything, but I just like, it doesn't <laughs> matter. I, I like to know who I play first just because. My whole football background, I just like to – I get a mindset of, okay, if I'm playing Matt Guy opposed to if I'm playing Cody, I know the two play styles, so I know what to prepare for. So I like that. But other than that, I don't try to get too far looking into the bracket and think all that. After I win the first one, I'm just rolling, then I'm just, you know, whoever do, I play. Do you think that makes a difference, though? Like, cause, because obviously I think the best players don't think more like you do, right? They don't really get too concerned who's in their bracket. I think some of the mid-level pros – get a little too worried about who's in their bracket. And then all of a sudden they're not concentrating on the game at hand, right? Exactly. Before they know it, they're down in the other bracket because they weren't paying attention to that first game. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. That goes back to the, you know, mental and mental aspect of it and just focusing on who you're playing at that moment, worry about the next match when you get the text message and get called up and figure it out then, you know? So it's, I mean, I guess it's teacher's own. Some people like, like to just know in advance. I mean, at this stage, personally, I just want to focus on who I'm playing, who I had that, you know, the first match, and then <clears throat> I'll go from there. Hey, Ryan, sorry if I'm late to the party on this one, but how, how did you choose Eric Anderson as your doubles partner? Because you and, uh, I mean, you almost double dipped in, in Atlanta, right? And Because you won singles and you almost right. won doubles. I think you lost in the finals with Curtis Kearns. Um, who I know you've known for a long time, and it seemed like you guys really shot well together. But how, how did you choose your partner? How did you end up with Eric? So um, last year, I didn't really declare a doubles partner because I wasn't sure which events I was going to go to. And then I ended up going to all of them. And I played doubles in all except for Florida. And um, so me and Eric Anderson, we linked up for the uh, – what did we link up for? The Erie – Erie, Erie uh, Open, I want to say. We linked up for the Erie Open and yeah. Austin shootout, a couple other events. And we, we threw the same bags, like Vikings <clears throat> was my go-to last year, and he threw Vikings, both BG. And after that first event, we kind of just, you know, meshed. I played against Eric. I knew Eric anyway. It just kind of meshed. I didn't have to – I don't have to say much to him. He's already a fiery type guy, so it's <laughs> – and he, he knows it's, it's, it meshes well, you know? So I was just like, and after the event, we ran through the open event. We, um, we ran through some pretty good teams and I was like, just kept that in the back of my head. Like, yeah, this could work, you know? So when it came time to sorting all those things out, I mean, it was, it's, it was hard to overlook Eric, you know, it's along with the guys at BG, it was just hard to overlook him since I'd already thrown with him, already had, started to build some sort of chemistry and things like that. So uh, um, that's kind of how that played out. 
So what 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 are the biggest considerations do you think for the players that go into choosing a doubles partner? Because it seems like I mean this this has been a lot of fun for me to follow the last couple of years. Because I mean it's almost like the NBA off season, right? I mean everyone's a bunch of free agents. They don't know where everyone's going, and, and some drama going on. It seems like you know a lot of these are like marriages breaking up. So so I mean it, it, I'm assuming bag selection is that is that maybe the number one or no? Uh, it might have been a while back, but <laughs> there's a lot of other factors now besides bags. I mean I guess. If you pair two top guys together, they'll figure out the bags or something like you know. What I mean, so I feel like now you got to have some sort of you got to somewhat like the person, I guess, um, and be able to you know mesh with them and partner with them. I would think like you can't just hate the person and you guys are gonna be doubles partners for the season. I mean, you could go that route, but it's just that seemed very miserable. I would so I would think you would have to have some. It doesn't. You know, I mean, you guys don't have to be best friends, but I would think you have to be able to deal with the person and things like that. And then, um, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, I probably would say that and then maybe bags next, but yeah, bags definitely probably isn't the number one thing anymore. I got an interesting question for you. And one you've been asked, I think a million times, how does someone from your background being so athletic find cornhole and decide, all right, I'm going to be a pro in that sport. Like, how did you find the game coming from your athletic background? Was it was it always around you, or is it something you kind of happened across and then realized, oh, I mean, I can be pretty good at this? So, um, yeah, so growing up before, like, back in, like, you know, middle school, high school, all that, my area, we were big with horseshoes. <clears throat> so I don't know if you guys are familiar with horseshoes, but most people in the horseshoes do, like, a flip. Like, you know, flips a couple times and lands. Yeah. I threw what they call the turn shoe or spin shoe. So it's the same wow. flick of the wrist as when you release a cornhole bag. That's how I threw my horseshoe, and I was actually pretty good at it. So after college, when I discovered cornhole and started playing, I threw a couple bags for the first time, and I threw it how I would throw a horseshoe, and it's the same motion. The bag came out flat. Okay, this is kind of cool. So, I mean, I started going some blind draws and things like that, and then, you know, the rest is history. Did not know. Someone write that that down, Jeff. (laughs) Ryan Smith, former horseshoe player. I, I actually don't want man. I actually have that written down. Oh, you do have that. Written. I, I do, you would yeah. have that written down. He, he and I have actually <laughs> talked about that. But again, that, I mean, that we never had a chance. I mean, during the broadcast, we never had a chance to talk right. about these things because there's so much drama. And especially like w- with you, Ryan, going back to what we talked about at the beginning, when you're mic'd up, some of the stuff that we hear, it's, I mean, it's gold for, for TV viewers. They love to hear some of that self-talk and some of that chatter and some of the trash talk that's going on and some of that emotion. So, you know, when we get somebody, Bernie, like Ryan on, who who it's really interesting to listen to him play and yeah. then Trey's, and then Trey's commentary, and then sometimes <laughs> the game's fast, sometimes it's not, we just uh-huh. don't get a chance to get all this stuff in. But, I mean, yeah. So I, I do remember talking to you about that. And and it makes sense. And but, but we never had a chance to dive into it a little bit more. But it makes sense, like you're saying, with your throwing motion. Yep, um, so that that's that was natural. the easiest transition with that. Yeah. Um, that. Yep, just because I threw it like that. So, yeah. Well, I've, I've also had a few players um, that have told me that that they simply found cornhole easier because it's shorter. I think in horseshoes, isn't it like 40 feet? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a ways down there. I actually, with a piece of metal. Yeah, <laughs> like a year or two ago, I went back. Uh, someone said, had some horseshoes set up, and I I tried to throw it, and it went like halfway down there. I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I used to throw these. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely uh, a different distance. 
All right, I got a, I got a real quick question, and this one's kind of important. You know, I hope you take this the right way. All right. Yes or no, you're jealous of my beard. <laughs> Hold on, give me a side view. Give me a side view. Look at this thing; it's nice, man. Still can't see you can't, it. I know, well, because it's white. You can't like it's just it's 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 shining in off the light. You can't see it. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't stand out at all until you get right. What's that? <laughs> it looks good, Bernie, but that's gonna be a no for me. <laughs> that's, gonna be a... <laughs> uh, that's good. Well, hey, uh, all right. So, Ryan, so we we were just talking about Eric Anderson, and I, I don't mean to uh, to get too deep here, but we're gonna uh -huh. run out of time. So, I want to ask you about this. I mean, you know, we we were talking to Jay Rubin. I don't know if you had a chance to watch the show a couple weeks ago. We we're talking about to Jay about some of the things that he's overcome in his personal life, <laughs> and and uh, overcoming. Uh, you know, there there was a car uh, that that he should have been in that was that was involved in a tragic accident, and and uh, and and the people in the car were killed. He should have been in that car when he was 15 years old. He wasn't. Uh, he also battled through thoughts of suicide. There's so many stories like this in the game. Your partner Eric Anderson is is a, a deep well man. He's been through a lot with his family, and I don't know. You know, it's interesting to me because I don't know how much you all know this about each other. And, you know, that's another great thing is we can we can take time now and dive into this stuff. But Eric, Eric has a deep story and and I'm, I can't wait to have him on sometime. But, you know, we know about your football story. We know you played defensive back at James Madison. Um, I, I know you guys had a huge win over Virginia Tech when Tyrod Taylor was there, I think. And we've talked yeah. about that. But yes. but, you know, what I'd like to dive into a little bit more is, you know, what, what things have you had to overcome in your life to have the success that you that, that you have? Um, I guess I've had any, uh, thankfully I haven't had any, you know, things that, to the degree of, you know, which you were mentioning with Jay or Eric, things like that. Um, for me personally, probably just like, uh, dealing with mental, you know, uh, mental issues and mental things, just, you know, mental health and just stressing out about certain things, whether it's, you know, jobs or when I was in college, you know, money, things like that. Um, so yeah, yeah, probably, probably things like that, you know, just, I just like, I over, I tend to overthink things a lot and just uh, get all in my head about things. So um, yeah, just the, the mental aspect really, that's why I, I, you hear me talk about that a lot when I relate to cornhole things. I, I think, you know, it's mentally, you know, mental health is a huge thing. So, um, so those, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing I've, been dealing with and still dealing with to this day, you know? So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it there. So I, I think that's super interesting because that's, that's what we're <laughs> finding on the show. And, and uh, well, actually, you know what? We opened up with it. I was telling you how, how, how much of a mental challenge it is to, to try and play this game. And I don't think people realize that. So yes. I, I, you know, another big thing is what we want to figure out is how do you, how do you overcome those mental challenges? I mean, especially for someone like you, I mean, you'd never know it on the outside, Ryan, when we're watching you play, you know I mean? If you're struggling on the inside and you're stressing or you're nervous or there's any type of anxiety or whatever, we'd never know it. And, and you obviously played, played football at a high level. So, so what do you do to stay focused and get past that? Um, the best thing would probably be to talk, uh, be to talk with someone or, you know, a friend or family member, things like that. Um, <clears throat> alternatives working out. i do that quite a bit. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we all noticed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you didn't know, yeah, you know, I, I like, you know, I work out and I, I, 
like to throw, you know, practice by myself. I don't go to many blind draws much anymore, but I like to just practice. If I'm like had a long day at work or something like that, I'll go, I'll throw for an extra hour or two, go to the gym and just do some crazy workout. Just get all the, you know, burn everything out, get all the stress and everything out. That's, that's what I do. Well, is it, is it, has it been a, a blessing or a curse to have your brother around more? Because he seems to be much more involved in the sport. I mean, is, is it nice to have him around, or is it? Oh like, yeah, definitely. Dude, dude, get away from me. I'm tired of dealing with. <laughs> nah, it's definitely a blessing. I mean, he he blows me up constantly, whether it's about uh, football or did you see such and such did this at a tournament or such and such. You know, so it's it's cool to you know communicate with him about you know cornhole and things like that. So it, it's definitely a blessing. What's what's what what different level of mental challenge then does it take and mental strength really uh, when you get on that on that main court because I, I I don't care who you are and we talk about this with Matt Guy I mean Matt is killing it right now right but I know in the back of his mind as happy as he is right now that he's doing that he wants to do it on ESPN he wants to do it on CBS that's really difficult sometimes to translate that success so what do you do mentally different or anything when you finally get to that main stage on TV. I mean, I just try to, I mean, I just try to think about, you know, how, what did I do to get here? You know, like all the practice and stuff. And then you've won your bracket. I'm just like, all right, don't, you know, don't try to overdo it. Just do what you've been doing to get here. You know, cause I feel like, you know, myself included, a lot of people, they, they want so bad to, you know, excel and, and hit great shots and do then, you know, fantastic on, you know, on a national broadcast that they end up kind of like, back to you know like they end up not doing that at all you kind of like yeah. flop and whatever so it's i don't know you know I, I take deep breaths i meditate you know I talk to myself i'm just trying to calm everything down relax and then do what you've been doing all day long you know so i, I just try to keep that in my head and just try to keep myself calm well i mean to that point i mean i i'm not going to say anything that no, like you don't know but i think you kind of struggled at first when you got to the main stage and you've gotten progressively better each time you've gotten there. Is it just that simple? Like, hey, the first time you're there under the lights, you know, with the cameras around, it's just a, you know, that, that level of stress that ratchets up is kind of hard to deal with. Once you're there twice, once you're there three times, once you're there four times, it gets a little easier each time. Or is it you really have to kind of get a completely different mindset? Um. Yeah, I think for me personally, I, I think I was just too hard on myself because I was I was getting annoyed after a while. I'm like, damn it, I keep getting here. You know, it's it's cool to get here, but if you're not winning anything, you, like nobody remembers second place. Like I just, right. I was just getting frustrated. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, I don't think I'm nervous. Like, what is like, what's going on? So, I'm like, I don't know. I just I'm, so you know, that's why I, you know started to sip a couple and I just like talk to myself. I was like, all right, I just need to relax and. Throw like I'm throwing in a warehouse by myself. Like, just, you got this. Like, come on. So I, yeah, I, I just, yeah, you know, so after the, you know, it, it definitely, I would say it gets a bit easier or less stressful, you know, if you, you know, if you've been up there more than once and then after you finally get a win or something, it's definitely, a, you know, the monkey off your back. It definitely feels good. You're like, all right, I've already done this, you know, let's. You don't even, you know, obviously it's a broadcast, but you don't even think like, oh, first broadcast, all that. You're just you're ready to roll. You're ready to get the win like you've been doing all day in the bracket play. So, well, I've got a question kind of along, kind of kind of different than that. But like 
the boards are usually going to have a different feel when you get to the to the main stage. They're not out there amongst the people. They don't have as much humidity around them. Sometimes they're sometimes they're they're, they're a little you know a little stickier, but they're never quite the same as being on the floor just because of the numbers of people around, the lights, everything else. Is that a big adjustment for you guys? You know, the top oh. players when you get when you get out there, like oh man, this is nothing like it's been on the floor. Yes, I'm gonna say yes. I uh, <laughs> yes, I'm the that CBS. <laughs> broadcast board it took me a while to get used to that thing i was scared to death to throw on it for the longest and then i finally one of my bags was slow enough that i just kept throwing on it and that's the one i ended up winning in uh atlanta and i was like all right i can throw this on broadcast court i know these bags are slow enough for this board so for me personally i've always thought they were much faster than you know the boards we played on all day so it was kind of me, it was kind of adjusting it, either switching to a slower bag or figuring out if I got to put more, you know, height on it or that <clears throat> from that standpoint. I mean, some others, they just kept throwing the same thing. They didn't, they just adjusted accordingly. But for me, I like to change bags more so. So I, that was the adjustment period that I, I sort of needed. I think it's pretty interesting that uh, I, I've talked to a few players and it was at the World Championships um, that are starting to scout themselves a little bit and as a former as a former athlete um and a former football player have you done that yet have you started have you started looking back on your own tapes or, or watching oh, yeah. tape and scouting other players oh yeah i always well first i like to look at all the games that are recorded that i lost just to figure out where i lost it what round what did i do dumb I'm like oh this is where it turned you know i like to do that and then Aside from that, I just watch like I watch so much cornhole. It's crazy. Like I'll watch a whole <laughs> tournament that I'm not even at. So it's I like to just pick up on. I just like to pick. I like to watch everyone's releases. Like certain people's release, I just take pieces of everything and sort of tweak things and like figure out if this will work in my throw. And yeah, I just I just love watching and <clears throat> just picking up everybody's aspect of the game and just trying to see where I can incorporate it into mine. So. It, I love watching and scouting and doing all sorts of things. I was See, I was wondering, especially being you know, like I said, a football player. I was wondering if that was something you did quite a bit. Oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> That's, I love doing that. See so get- that that goes, Jeff, to what you were talking about before we had Ryan on, talking about practicing and trying to copy Anthony by the, you know where where your hand release is. Just yeah. as Ryan just said, everyone's kind of got a little different release. I mean, we're all human beings. Everyone's going to throw a little different. You just have to find your special throw, Jeff. Yeah, that's what well, it's all about. Well, it's a great point, though. I mean, honestly, <laughs> Brady, because yeah. because because you're like, that's that's why that's why I have the show. <laughs> Bernie's the man. Um, but but yeah, I mean, to your to your point, Bernie and, and Ryan, you're right. I mean, if you try to mimic someone too much, maybe that's not going to be what works for you. Like, I love watching Jay Rubin play. I've tried to throw like Jay Rubin and I throw it like 10 feet past the damn hole. I can't play like Jay Rubin. I would love to be able to do that. I can't do it. I've tried, I've tried to mimic Jamie Graham and I've tried the butterfly grip and I've tried all these different things. I've tried to throw it low and hard. That line drives, you know, spinner and, and I'll throw it 10 feet short. And I, it's like, I'm throwing it under the board, but you're right. I mean, so what works, so what works for somebody doesn't necessarily work for yourself. Definitely. I don't think you're the only one there, Jeff, myself included. I'm sure <laughs> everyone has tried someone else's throw. Hell, I've tried Matt. I can name all the top guys. I've tried someone's throw at some point in time. I'm like, I don't like this. And I just sort of tweak it. If I like how it comes out of the hand or if I like 
the release or their arm movement. I might try to incorporate some part of it, but it's really just a, you know, a preference thing and you got to do what feels more comfortable for you. And then just mastering that until you get that, you know, muscle memory down. Yeah. Because, because this sport is all feel. It's yep. all feel, you know, I mean, it's, it's a one pound bag, 27 feet's a long way, but it's still a one pound bag. I mean, this, this sport is all about feel and each person's feel is going to be different. Yep. That's true. So, so Ryan, when you're watching yourself, I got to ask you, I mean, what, what, what's it like watching yourself on national TV? Because as a, as a broadcaster I'll tell you, on, on our end, you know, they, t- they tell you all the time you're supposed to, you know, that, that the tape doesn't lie and, and uh, it's the ultimate equalizer and you're supposed to watch yourself to get better. And I tell you what, I mean, because I do so many games, I cannot stand to go home and listen to myself talk anymore. I truly can't. Like, I, I can't for a second. Like, like when I get home, I just want to be quiet. Like, I don't want to hear myself at all. So what's it like when you're watching yourself back um, on national TV, on the national stage? Like, what are your thoughts when you watch yourself? Honestly, what I like to do, I like to turn off comments. I turn the uh, commentating off and I just watch. Thanks a lot. I want, appreciate that. I, that I want, like, I want, I, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's, I usually, that's usually just how I watch it. Even when it's like on a, you know, social media, I just like to turn everything. I don't want to see anyone else's opinions or hear anything. I just want to mute everything and I just want to watch it and just watch the whole thing through and just figure out what I did wrong or if it's something I did great, like, okay, I need to keep doing this or yeah, I like this or this was stupid. I need to not do air meals here or something, anything like that. I just like to watch it with a clear mind with my own thoughts and opinions and like, okay, that's how, and then I, you know, that's how I like to go about it. All right, Ryan, uh, again, would love to talk to you also just behind the scenes. Obviously we uh, have been trying to hook up with you for this past week and, and as we record this, it's it's a Tuesday night after five o'clock because I know you work hard during the day. So tell us about uh, we know a lot about you now, Ryan Smith, the player. So what about off the off the court and off the board? So what, what do you do for a living and, and what is your your normal everyday life look like? Yes. <clears throat> so from about seven to about four or five in the evening, I'm a project manager for a logistics firm. We uh, ship medicines and contraceptives into countries in Africa to help with their, you know, HIV and AIDS epidemic. So a lot of phone calls, emails, all sorts of stuff um, over, you know, across the country and things like that. So that's that's what keeps me busy during the day. Uh, when I get off, I usually come home, change, go to the gym for a couple hours. And then on the way back home, I'm practicing cornhole. Today, I practiced before, uh, I practiced, once I came home, I practiced to hop on, and then I hopped on before uh, with you guys, and then I'm gonna go to the gym afterwards. Wow! So, how much do you practice a week? Uh, I try to practice about three to four times a week. Um, yeah, depending on. Am I talking about practice? <laughs> practice. <laughs> talking no, about practice. got to practice now. I mean. <laughs> I won't stand the chance if I don't. Um, three to four times a week, I, I try to I try to practice. Um, yeah. Do you practice? You practice situational stuff because that that's another oh, thing yeah. I've been hearing lately. Definitely, that's usually all. I mean, that's usually how I like to practice. I um, I'll start out <clears throat> just warming up, just throwing bags in the hole, nothing really to it. Once I get warmed up, I'll start mixing in air mills, 
once I feel pretty good, I'll start, you know, setting up blockers and stepping out, going around things, throwing three, four airmails in a row and throwing a block, pushing through a block, just all sorts of things I think I would uh, encounter in a real game and stuff like that. So, yeah, awesome stuff. Well, hey, thanks so much for for joining us this week and, and thanks for opening up to us. And again, I appreciate your honesty with the whole mental health thing. And we're hearing that a lot because it is it's it's a mentally challenging sport. And I realize all sports are and you obviously know that. But but with Cornhole, it's tough. I don't care who you are. It's tough for sure. Definitely. All right, brother. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you. All right. Thank you guys. Take care. All right. Awesome to talk to uh talk to ryan i know i know we've been trying to get him for a while so yeah uh, you know it's it's i think it's got it you know i you know i I made mention of it we talked about it briefly you know that you know he's one of those guys that has been there a few times and it's kind of gotten progressively better on the main stage because i think he did kind of struggle at first and i think you know he's he's kind of learned how to kind of manage his own emotions and expectations so i mean obviously ryan smith's a player to deal with well it's it's I really liked what he said because, and actually, you know what? I, I even heard Trey talking about this uh, with with uh, Michelle and with Mike on around the ACL this week. Yeah. That, uh, because they were talking about Matt Guy, and mm-hmm. and again, that's why I brought it up during the interview with with Ryan because it doesn't matter who you are, and 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 I think it was Michelle Absolutely. who asked. I think it was Michelle who asked, uh, and Anthony was talking about it too. Yeah. And I think Michelle asked Trey, you know, how impressed are you with Matt Guy? And Trey, I, I love Trey's response because Trey was very honest. He's like, you know what? He's playing great, and we'll see what happens. You know, when we get to when we get to the national stage, and we get to national TV, because it's different for everybody. Yeah, you know, I mean, and Matt's had to. You know, look, I think it surprised Matt Guy more than anyone that he's had that he's let a couple of matches go and a couple of shots go on national yeah. television. You know what I mean? Like because. Everyone yeah. in the sport would have thought, all right, name the one player that won't have a mental lapse. You know, Matt Guy. Yeah. And he's and he's had a couple. And I think that's I think that's one of the reasons why he is playing so well this year, though. I think he I think he feels he has something to prove that there's a lot more in the tank for Matt Guy. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. You know, uh, you know, another player that that I mentioned, you know, it, it's like it's like when these players make the jump over to from different, you know, different leagues. Uh, it's just a different, it's just a different feel. And I was really going to be interested, you know, all, all I ever heard about um, the last couple of years, anytime I would ask somebody in private conversations, who's the greatest of all time. They always told me, you've got to watch Matt guy. You've got to watch Matt guy. And so I was so interested to see what was going to happen to him last year. And yeah. now that he, and, and to your point, Bernie, now that he's got that year under his belt, of, of playing on that national stage, this is going to be really interesting now this year. I, I think it's going to be interesting. And, you know, and once again, there's new, but look, the top level from other leagues, if you will, around the country, it's, it's very similar to the ACL. It's the depth. It's the not being able to take matches off. And that wears on people. You know, it's one thing if you've got to play five matches and three of them aren't really going to be a tussle for you at all. Right. And then you then you play two. Well, what you know, what happens when you have to play 10 matches and legitimately nine of those 10 are going to be a struggle? Yeah, that wears on people and that wear and tear mentally is a little different. And that's and then, you know, to top it off, then you've got to go under the lights. Right. And have you and Trey talking while they're playing. And, you know, you know, you've got a crowd at home watching. I mean, it's, it's completely different from a mental yeah. perspective. 
I like what Ryan said. He just talks to himself. That that makes sense yeah. now after yeah. after what we saw. I'm telling you, when he's mic'd up, it's it's gold. It was it really awesome, is. wasn't it? It was it was it was awesome. And I actually, you know what? Oh, I wish we could get him back because I wanted to ask if that was if he knew he I mean, he obviously knew he was mic'd up. You know, and, and if that was on purpose to kind of let everyone inside, you know, everyone inside, you know, his his booth, so to speak, because you know he he was aware he was mic'd up. And so I wonder, or if that's just his thing that he's, if you, as long as he's talking out loud to himself, yes, you, you know, it's, it's, it's actually penetrating even deeper. So I don't know. I should have asked him. I'm really upset. Now. Well, you know what? I mean, we, we can, uh, we can ask him when we see him next time at a national, at a national event. Cause oh, that's absolutely. a great question. And my, my guess is, is he's going to answer it like a, like a, like a rock singer would. Yeah. Um, that what they try to do is they try to get lost in the moment. Absolutely. Like, like, like singers will, will say all the time to avoid nerves. They try to get lost in the song. And that's almost what it was like. It was like Ryan was getting lost in his game. Yep. I've actually I, heard that. I've actually heard that from singers and, and the ones that wear glasses and contacts like myself, they won't wear them on stage because they can't see, you know, like all of a sudden the crowd doesn't exist because you can't see it. You can hear it. But you can't see right, it. Right. Yeah. No, that's an interesting point. All right, it sounds like you're in an airport all of a sudden with somebody yelling at you that you got to. Uh, I'm at well, I'm at the HQ and it's it's league night, man. They're they're filing in now. All right, man. Well, hey, uh, yeah, great to uh, great to see you again and great to catch up with Ryan and uh, we will talk to you again next week. All right, brother. Pleasure as always. All right, bud. Thanks so much for joining us again this week, everybody. We'll see you next week.